Hello, welcome to yet another Random Access Memories. Who thought I'd stick with it this far? But it's it's fun, isn't it? Anyway, this week I'm joined by Elton McManus. Hello, sir. Hello, mate. You all right? I'm all right. It's a pleasure yeah. to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, so, um, let's let's just get going then. Uh, okay. okay. So, what year were you born and where did you, did you grow up? Uh, 1978, which was long, long, long time ago. And I was uh, brought up in southeast London, not too far from where Emma used to knock around. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it, it, I wouldn't say it was posh. I wouldn't say it was um, uh, council-y. It was just middle-of-the-road type place. Okay. I have no concept of what it's like in London, so... I'll I'll take your word for that. I have no preconceived notions about any of it. I just it's, it's just full of people with bowler hats walking around saying "Good day, sir." Good that, day. That's about the extent of my knowledge of it, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> As if I've never been. It's just full of cliches. That's all it is. <laughs> I think so. I think so. So where where did gaming start for you? What was you? Do you remember your first game? I, I remember my first game. It wasn't my personal game though i was introduced to the world of video games via my cousins and their old man my uncle used to work for ibm and when they moved back from the states they brought an ibm with them and the first game they showed me was sop with camel on, ah. on a proper ibm computer and i fell in love instantly with this game it's just a, a sideways scrolling, really, really poor graphics by today's standards, but still holds up because I, I can run it on DOSBox right. on my computer now. And it still has the same music and sounds and everything like that. And it was just a side-scrolling aeroplane. You, you used to fly a, a small sop with camel from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen, trying to bomb buildings and tanks. And if you did it, you flew off into the sunset and it was glorious. Remember them days watching it, getting frustrated <laughs> with it and then watching my cousins do it and thinking, oh, no, you son of a bitch. It's not fair. I want to do that. Yeah. And yeah, I had, had a couple of goes of it. I was, I was, that, that was the, the bug. I was totally bitten by it by then. It, it, it is a, it, it, a contagious thing, really. You just sort of need to be shown stuff. Yeah, I think I think I always wanted to do that sort of thing. Always wanted to play these games, but never had the access to it. And then to all of a sudden have someone in my family who had access to this, and not only just access, it was proper computer as well on yeah. massive floppy disks, which I love and love <laughs> the smell of them things. I think they're just brilliant. I, I can still remember the smells of 80s computing yeah. which I, I think is a bizarre notion now an ipad has no spe no smell and, no. and the idea that we can sit and talk about it you, there was a familiar smell to computers it just this slight overheated sort of burning dust smell yeah like scale electrics on a christmas morning yeah and and now i know it's because they were probably all getting too hot and like that was breaking but you there's know. too much dust in them that's yeah. what it was now we have fans and things like that it, it didn't used to be a thing 
Was that, it? Yeah, I suppose that's the thing. A lot of my early stuff didn't have any fans or anything that moved inside it. No, uh, I, I don't think that would have been till sort of later PCs that that kind of thing came in. Yeah. Uh, maybe it just wasn't necessary, although it's some of them it clearly was. Um, yeah, they that's, just that's right. Of it. Uh, so you, start, you started on PC as well? well I, I'd like to say I started on PC, but I, I just played a game and it was around someone else's house. Right, and it, okay. it gave me the bug. I also played on the... 2600 and there was a game on there very similar where you could fly planes around behind clouds or you had tanks and you used to be able to shoot their bullets and bounce off walls to get the uh, the other person's tank which once again fell in love with and gave me a massive buzz yeah lost hours on them around friends house you know it was oh you're coming out to play no brilliant lovely we're gonna crash around <laughs> your house and just play that constantly for the next four hours yeah yeah and then and then parents will start to worry that we we're not going outside anymore that's right well, it all used to be in everyone's front room as well because their ataris were connected up to the tvs yeah absolutely and I, none, none of this disappearing upstairs into the bedroom because no one really had a TV in their room. At them, I, them I, I was just going to say the idea of a kid having a TV in their bedroom in the early eighties was that was the sort of shit you saw on films. Yeah, like the, the same kids had phones in their bedrooms, and you saw this on TV and in films, and it not in real life ever. I know, as if I'm going to get a phone line in my own room. That I, was never going to happen. I tried once. I tried to convince my parents that I should have a phone line in my my own phone in my own room. And I, I think my dad is still sort of laughing at that suggestion <laughs> now. It'll be a novelty phone as well, wouldn't it? Oh, it would have to be a novelty phone. Like an American football or a R2-D2 unit. Something like that. I, I remember that, but you get the see-through ones with the neon light as well. That was very eighties. Mm -hmm. So maybe yeah. one of those as well. <laughs> I, I'd convince myself that I'd need the flashing light to know that it was ringing. Cause I'd have music on all the time. Cause I'm just so cool and hip that it's like just music and phone calls all the time. I wasn't nine well, you, at all. You know, that's right. Yeah. You, you think you're so popular and then all of a sudden you're, you start making phones from your uh, phone calls from your bedroom, and then all of a sudden the bill comes in, and then you're grounded and you lose your phone. That's it. That's it. So, what was your first gaming device that that you had then? Okay, right. Well, this was introduced to me by my dad because I wanted an Atari twenty six hundred, and I think I wanted a NES as well because a friend had a NES, and we begged and pleaded for something that we could play games on and he flat out refused no there's no way you, if you're going to get a computer then you're going to get a computer and he ended up getting us an acorn electron oh <laughs> which was very very similar to the bbc micro yes yes although it was. it was smaller i thought it was prettier although it didn't have the nice big red F buttons across the top. And you could play pretty much all the BBC games on the Acorn. Yeah. And the way that he tried to get us into this was, first off, it was a Christmas present to the family. Yeah, yeah right. My dad wants it. <laughs> and 
secondly, he said, well, look, you can buy uh, these magazines with cassettes and you can have these, you can type your own games in. Won't that be fun? Yeah, that'll be fun, <laughs> won't it? Sitting down there for two hours, making a mistake and it not working. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I think, think so. I think everyone our age tried it once. Like, yeah, you, you, yeah. Just once. And then, like you say, you spent two hours doing it. It doesn't run. You don't know why. You switch it off and that's it. That's the last time you ever do that. Yeah, well, we we used to type these games out because it'll, it'll be, you pick up the magazine and it'll be three or four pages in that magazine. And you think, flipping hell, man. Okay, right. So you start typing it out. And then you're like, no, nobody touched the computer. Nobody can go on it because you can't save it and then go back to it. No. It was a case of, no, you need to finish this and then send it to a cassette to record it on cassette. And then the cassette would then play it back to the computer to play, which was weird. But, yeah, I, I'm, I think I did it once or twice. My old man did it once or twice. They never worked. No. Never worked. I, I remember eventually you'd start seeing, like, uh, in, in the magazine, you'd get, uh, here's a list of the misprints from last month. And, and that oh, sort God, of thing. Yes. And you're like, well, then, even if I copied it out correctly, it was not going to work. No one ever yeah. stood a chance. So yeah, nine three hundred, you you missed a comma. Yeah. Bollocks. So you know, I suppose the aim was that you'd sort of learn programming and be able to debug it yourself. But I, I question how many people that actually happened for. No, I think it was more a case of you'd learn how to copy something from a magazine. Yeah, I think that was that's... it. I, I wasn't learning how to debug anything. No, no, but not at all. My, I, I don't know if you had this, but my my dad had the thing of bring it home, and he, you know, it has to be tested to work, and so he'll test it in front of the whole family, and then you got two little kids sat next to him, me and my brother going yeah can we have a go can we have a go no no you can watch only christmas day then you will have a go and it's just so flipping frustrating yeah i i've had a couple of sort of over the years there were one or two standout things of why why have you got that now kind of thing but the one that really sticks in my memory you remember the the game columns that came yeah. out for all the Sega things. I got that for the Game Gear one year. And mm. one evening, sort of early December, I caught my dad playing columns. Just <laughs> just sat there in the living room on the Game Gear, just playing it. And, and I, I'm still sort of like, why did you do that? Why didn't you even just go and sit in your bedroom so I didn't know you were playing it? There was just That is so blatant and cruel. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He didn't do it again, but that that just sticks in my mind so many years later. Yeah. Oh well, my dad does it again later in my notes. So yeah, we'll get to that later on. But just to let you know, I've never done that to my kids because I know the crap that it causes. I yes. know the frustration it causes, the heartbreak it causes, and just that. Is it Christmas Day yet? Is it Christmas Day yet? Constantly, even though you know it's not Christmas Day, just winds you up proper. Absolutely. And I, and I think that, you know, people do the best job they can with their kids. And mm. now I'm an adult. I sort of realize all the things that have stuck with me over the years and sort of screwed me up a little bit 
that were, were just unavoidable. Like no parent, no matter how vigilant and caring, could have predicted that that thing would stick with somebody to, for the rest of their lives. But here we are, 30 years later, talking about my dad playing columns early. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. But I love that little computer. Uh, there was a, a couple of good games on it. The, the, the actual computer itself, you had to link up to a, a TV and you had a cassette tape along with it. And the wonderful thing about this is if you had a tape-to-tape recorder, then you could go down to the library and rent out a couple of day, a couple of games and then record them and then send it back. And that is how we spent a couple of years just playing these games and you'd find one that you really liked i i think the computer it, it came with repton a game called repton yeah sphinx adventure i know i got one from the library called cylon attack which is still pretty good nowadays even though yeah in the grand scheme of things it's utter bobbins but it it killed a fair few hours they and, they, they were what we were and we didn't know any better so they no. were they were cool. I mean, it's not like we were sat there thinking, God, I wish someone would hurry up and release Fallout 4. Because, no. you know, it was all amazing. Well, the games on there were pocket money priced as well. This raises an interesting issue, is that over the last couple of weeks in particular, which I, I realise is a meaningless statement in a podcast from years to come, but recently, at the time of recording this show, there's been a lot of talk about... Uh, loot crates in games and microtransactions, etc. And and they mm. always argue that, well, games cost $60 now and they always have. And I think, no, they didn't. No, no way. No, they didn't. They, they were pocket money games. That exact phrase you've just used, just two ninety nine. Maybe there were some three ninety nine ones. Ah, uh, well, there, on this system, there were... There was a definite level of money versus quality of game. And there was a store down well in High Street where I used to get my games called Cruising Records. I think it's still there. And you used to be able to go in there and buy either one ninety nine games and it went up to two ninety nine, three ninety nine, and four ninety nine were the big, big games. They would have pretty good graphics for for this system. And you could go down there, buy a nice one ninety nine game. It'll have a nice little display on the front. It'll be a, a cartoon drawn picture of the representation of the game, which yeah. it never appeared in the actual graphics. No way were they ever going to do that. No, but you got a gist of what the game was about. But the four ninety nine games, they had graphics on the back. It, sometimes it could even be like a, a double uh, cassette game as well. Yeah, the double cassette game. God, I forgot about those. Just yeah. d- d- double cassette boxes in general. Oh, they're brilliant. I love them. <laughs> I could never figure out which way to put the tape in. <laughs> it's arse to arse, isn't it, surely? Well, yeah, is it, though? Or is it, do they stack? Or is it, but it's bottom to bottom with the bottom in the middle. Of yeah, the that's thing. right. Yeah, that's it. I'm remembering right then. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I've not seen one of those for an alarming number of years yeah the worry is i've probably got loads of uh, tapes up in my loft full of that that sort of stuff or probably now 1990 
cassette tapes, I suppose, or that's what I call music, or a, f- a few of them knocking around anyway, at least. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones. Yeah, um, but I didn't, I didn't have a uh, joystick with this computer, so that was one thing missing from this. Right. So it was just everything was just done on the keyboard. It, it was the thing we did. Yeah, uh, keyboard play. I kind of miss it a little bit, but yeah, I've kind of settled onto joypads in their various forms. Probably being the just the easiest, most straightforward way of controlling a computer game. Oh, uh, I don't know if I'm playing like a retro game, like an old Amiga game. Then I, I kind of want to go back to the way that it was. Otherwise, you're not getting that full retro blast. Oh well, with an old Amiga game, you may well need even like a mouse and stuff like that yeah absolutely um i yeah there's a there's a fine line between wanting to use a joypad and sort of just having to use a a keyboard and mouse and whatever thing was appropriate for the console at the time yeah see with the joypad i only really got into joypads when i got the mega drive but that i suppose that's that was after my amiga but the wonderful thing about that is you could plug the mega drive hand controller into the amiga Absolutely. and use that yeah and i flipping that day was just a beautiful day that that, that was it works yeah what the hell? I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a coder i'm a cracker i've hacked this brilliant yeah but it was only only the b button that'd work a and c would never work well that that was the the the, the problem with the amiga with with its single fire button which is what yeah. eventually led to things like uh, Street Fighter 2 being pretty much unplayable on it because mm-hmm. you had up, down, left, right, fire, which is not good for that kind of game. Uh, and, of course, the Mega Drive had all three buttons and it just couldn't handle I don't know why. You know, you'd have thought they could have done something with that. I don't think they really thought about it. I think it was a case of, well, the Amiga was set out... It was... <sighs> Well, when we got ours, it was a, a toss-up between the Atari ST and the Amiga 500. I wanted the Atari ST because it did music. Right. And my dad turned around and went, no, you're going to have the Amiga 500. Okay, fine. And then we did the ritual of sitting down and watching him playing it before Christmas. He's like, we over this yet, honestly. But the beauty thing was once... We went back to floppy disks because it was a small blue floppy disks, which once again, flipping love. It's just sitting there, just flicking that thing open and closed. The little cover on the disk was brilliant. That's just nostalgia there. Early All fidget the spinners. Yeah, yeah. I think. Or the, the little black tab so you wouldn't over uh, overwrite it as well. Uh, that's another thing I miss is this overwrite tabs. <laughs> On VHSs and cassettes. <laughs> oh, we we didn't we didn't mess with the VHS one because that I mean on a disc, yeah, it's just a little flip back and forth thing. But a VHS, you had to break it off. Yeah, that's, that's so definite. That's you needed a spoon or something, didn't you? Yeah, you needed. A, there was a tool involved, and I I know you could sort of put a piece of tape over it if you wanted to go back on it, but. No, that was I. I'm not brave enough to have messed with that. That's a dad decision. When a when a VHS is being made non-recordable, that's yeah, yeah. That's not one. For, that wasn't one for me. Yeah, probably probably ends up on a high shelf somewhere as well. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Uh, I'm I'm just going through like an online archive of BBC micro games, and I I feel like I played a lot of these because we I, know, I had a I we didn't own a BBC, but there was one in the house quite often. Cause did your my, school have one? Yeah, uh, and my dad was a teacher, so he'd bring one home from work at the weekend, mm. much to the. Uh, annoyance of all my teachers who would get me in to do my bit on the computer and I'm like yeah I did this at home like months ago yeah it's, it's just, sorry I'm done now find something else for me to do think on your feet <laughs> teacher come on um, so where did you go from the uh, BBC well yeah I spent years and years on that and wanting a console of various degrees but it was straight onto the Amiga 500 and I loved that. I f- so fell in love with that machine. It's, I had it for years. It's the stuff of legends, the Amiga 500. It, yeah. It was just a phenomenal machine. I never had one. Uh, we we stuck it out on the Amstrad for years and years. Uh, oh, okay. While the Amiga 500 was a thing. And we didn't make the jump until the 600 came out. Ah, okay, yeah, my next-door neighbour had the 600, because that was the shorter one without the number pad and yeah. the arrow keys. Yeah, it was, It was. I think it was supposed to be a bit cheaper or something, and they just, yeah, they cut the, the numeric pad off the keyboard and just made it tiny-wee and that sort of thing, stick it in a box with three games and deluxe paint three and you're away. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we never had the 500. It was that was you just look at it, the screenshots from games on adverts in magazines and dribble over it so much. Yeah, it's like going up and looking at the graphics on the back of the, the games as well, because that all the games on the Amiga came in different sized boxes. It wasn't a standard size CD holder or a, a DVD case. It was all different sizes. It was kind of a, a precursor to the, the big box PC game days. Mm. I, I think it was kind of when they got into that of let's just make a random size box. Yeah. You know, yeah. All we have to fit in it is two three and a half inch floppies, but fuck it. Let's make something frosty size. Kind oh, of and thing. a dirty, massive manual as well. Oh, it's this. I know I keep saying this tonight. If you talk about things I miss, a printed <laughs> manual. God. Well, okay, right. With the printed manual, sometimes you'd have a game with a code so you wouldn't be able to just copy it because the discs were pretty easy to copy. And it'd be a case of, well, you can copy the discs all you want, but if you haven't got the manual, then you're absolutely snookered. Yeah. And sometimes they'll have like a red sheet, which you couldn't even photocopy with black writing. So you'd have either codes you had to put in or you'd have to turn to page 70 and paragraph two and type in the the fuel usage of the MiG-29 or whatever it was. God, yeah, yeah, you would. I'd forgotten about all that. Yeah, um, that, that's what I miss. That's what I miss about it because that was – when you put a game on these things, you'd put it in. And you you knew exactly what you were doing. You knew exactly where you stood with it. You you had to have your manual, and you had or your cheat sheet to get into it. And even sometimes a game would come with a keyboard overlay. Yeah. And there was a there was a game Thunderhawk Two, I think it was, which came with its own overlay, and that would show you exactly 
what key would do what you know f4 would be missiles f5 would be guns and the way to change your your perspective on what you're looking at i just miss that really do yeah me too me too i I can hear you looking back in time i I am i'm just i'm just remembering it all now yeah because this is i think you're the person who's you you we're basically the same age I mean, technically, I was born in 79, but January 79. So we're, we're less than a year apart, probably. Um, when did you leave school? Was it 94 or 95? 97. After 97? A, after A-levels. Oh, okay. Oh, my, right. Yeah, I did I did a sixth form at my same school. My Yeah, my GCSEs were 95. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So you would have been think, in the year just below me. Right, okay. Yeah, I would have been selling you games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that 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 yeah, that was a thing. because we'd have some kids would bring their Amiga into school, and they'd make it run just weird animation demos during break, and other kids in lower years would just like like I want that, and they'd sell just pirates of stuff. Yeah, um, we, yeah. We used to be able to go to boot fairs and buy games, and it would be a pound a disc. And so if you – they were all proper hooky as well. It was just a dude with a fold-out wooden table and a 1,000 discs in front of you, all with handwritten labels on it. And if you picked up a game, let's say Another World, which I think had four discs, that would be four quid. But if you wanted – Indy 500, which was one disc, then that would be a pound. And so I'd get pocket money and I would go along to these boot fairs with my parents and just make a beeline straight to the the, the dodgy man selling these hooky games. But because I, I couldn't afford the £25 or £20 a game at the time, it was just the only way of, of doing it. And then once you had your copy... You could either lend it out at, at school and they would do a copy or you'd, you'd sell it on to someone else. You know, it's amazing that the game industry still uh, still exists when, yeah. you, when you think of the level of piracy that they used to be. It was um, rife. It, you just have everything. Uh, and, and you're right. You, anything you didn't have, you'd just get swapped with at school or, or something like that. The the idea now that they're worried about modded Xboxes and stuff mm. like that, it's like, no, seriously. You, piracy is just nothing now compared to what it was. Maybe it's still bad on the PC. I haven't attempted to pirate a PC game for probably a decade or more. But, um, I wouldn't even know how to go about it. See, I there were times where I wanted... I, I always wanted the original because... That felt because you never knew whether he was missing out on anything, whether he was missing out on anything in the the manual or the box. I like the boxes on the shelf, so I'd always want the original stuff. But it's one of them things of well, okay, legend has it that this this disc has an extra level on it. Well, I need the original game then, don't I? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I had so many games on that. I had the memory expansion. That was another Christmas present. And that was just, that was beautiful, that memory extension. It didn't do much. No, it didn't. I I had a game called 
Manchester United in Europe. This was, I think, the, the start of me playing football games. Right. And before the memory expansion, the when you did a substitute on this game, the the players would just swap instantaneously. So you would swap player 11 for player 9, and it would just be an instant swap. And then you'd carry on with the game. But once the memory extension was put into the Amiga 500, oh, you, you saw them... You saw them swapping over. It was magic. <laughs> and you would see them get off the bench, they'd take off their tracksuit, run to the line, swap over, and that guy would walk backwards in a reverse of what the guy has just done and then put his tracksuit on and sit down on the bench. It was, oh, my God, I need to swap another person. I need to see this again. What have I been missing out on? It was brilliant. This is, again, something that you don't really see much of anymore because I... I like now, playing a, a game on a PC or any machine that has, God, even double the RAM of another game of another machine, you're not seeing a different game. You're not mm. getting any extra content. Yet maybe it runs a bit more smoothly, something like that. Whereas back at this point, adding that extra memory meant you could actually do more stuff. Yeah, and it, yeah. it was astounding to us. I, I remember getting my one megabyte memory upgrade for the Amiga 600 and it it, it just being a life-changing experience because now in Wing Commander, the guy's thumb moved onto the fire button on the joystick on the screen <laughs> when you press the fire button. Oh, man, yeah. I don't remember any other game actually, it actually bringing anything else to it. Maybe it ran it quicker. I don't, I don't know. Some of these games ran really slow on this computer though you'd, you'd still have frame rate issues on these but can i just run down a couple of the, the games that i did uh, have absolutely. on there yeah yeah go for it okay well when you bought the amiga mine came in a box but there were uh, i know there was a couple of packs you could get like the the screens version where you had back to the future 2 and nightbreed and lots of other games with it i get i ended up with Oh, I think it was about 30 games it came with. And it, the Amiga came in a white box, pure white box. Mm-hmm. And we had the real cheap games that it came with, like Emotion and Pipe Mania. Although they were very addictive games, they weren't the games to have. But then I ended up with Nightbreed, Days of Thunder, uh, Captain Planet, James Pond, Cannon Fodder. Flipping love Cannon Fodder. Cannon Fodder is an amazing game. Mm. Um, I I know that my dad certainly would have lost a summer to that game. Yeah. Um, And I I played it for for months, but was never all that good at it once it got a bit complicated. When you had to split into two different groups or then three different groups. Yeah, it, it didn't take me long to become confused with it and not really follow it yeah. all that well. Um. It's something I might have another go at that because I, I got it from good old games. Because um, it's it's now so cheap, it's nearly free, and that's what you're running it on 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 the Mac. On the Mac, yeah, right. Check you out might. goodoldgames.com, gog.com, and they yep. basically repackage old games so that they work on modern hardware. Um, oh, and it, it's kind of, so I've got in my applications folder Canon app. And it will bring up the PC version of Cannon Fodder in a little window. Mm. Uh, I also have Dungeon Keeper and Syndicate and Total Annihilation. Yeah, 
all in the same thing. Um, sorry, have, have I interrupted? I've lost my train of thought. I just got onto no, it. no, Can- no. It's Cannon fine. fodder. That's where we were. Yeah. yeah. Well, you also had addictive games like Lemmings as well, which was just beautiful. It was huge, Lemmings, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It it took over the world at one point. I I think it's kind of it gets forgotten about. Um, but for a while, you'd see fucking lemmings everywhere on everything, mm. and it it was just all about getting them from the drop in to the way out and getting them to do various things and the wonderful little high pitched voice when they explode. Oh, it was beautiful. It was, be- but you cared about every single one of them little bastards. Hell yeah! It, it was de- it was always devastating when you had to kill some. To finish the level, like the stoppers that were left over, the stoppers, any of them that explode as well, yeah, uh, that kind of thing. It was definitely it was crushing, yeah. absolutely crushing. Little green-haired, little crazy things. And yeah, tiny little things on my screen, but man, man, I had I had a lot of love for them guys. I had a lot of love. I also got into simulations on the Amiga Five Hundred. We had F fifteen Strike Eagle which was brilliant. Thunderhawk 2, which was amazing. And then there's one that changed my life. Totally changed my life. It is Jeff Crammon's Grand Prix. And this thing was huge. It, well, it wasn't my house anyway. And it is, it's been throughout my life. I've still got it on my Mac right now. I could play it in DOSBox if I wanted to right now. I've collected them as i go on and it's always been a thing where you had football games on here and everything was really good because you you could have different versions of different football games yeah but then fifa came along and kind of became the football game and there's no other football game and jeff crammons was the one that i compared every other grand prix game to and still do because I blame my poor GCSE results on this. I would come home. I, you could do a full-length Grand Prix, and where it's not just a sprite on a screen, and you turn left and right, and you you have it appears you go down a hill, or it appears you go up a hill. This was polygons, and you had tire noises and pit stops, and it felt as if you had control of absolutely everything on that car you could change all the gears all the uh, uh, wing settings as well and i had lost so much time to that thing and i guarantee you i still will lose time to it because i can still play it now i, I was brilliant I, it was brilliant i was awful at it um i seem to remember i think this was one that was in the box with our amiga 600 oh okay looking at the the yeah, we definitely had this, and I think that's what it... Oh, I can't remember the Amiga pack we had. I want to say Cartoon Classics, but I think that was a, fi- a Amiga... Fi- no. Yeah, that oh, was... Oh, that's Amiga. the one that came yeah. with The Simpsons, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Lemmings, Bart versus the Space Mutants, and Captain Planet, and that is an Amiga 500. What did we yeah. have then? Um, I remember it being yellow... That's no help to anyone with anything. <laughs> the box was mainly yellow. Oh, the, Everything turns yellow. The Batman pack, that was it. Oh, there, there it is. The, oh, that was it. 
Come on, I need to see that picture bigger. Come on, Google. The we Wild, Weird and Wicked pack. And it oh, had... Okay. It had... Let's see. That Formula One game, Pushover, and... It, it's not just that Formula One game. It is the greatest Formula yeah. One game. I'll just uh, you know, <laughs> correct you on that. Fair enough, yeah. Um, I, I, I can't argue with you, really. <laughs> it was brilliant. I loved it so much. And I got into it. I didn't have a steering wheel, but I, I had the joystick. But I also ended up buying myself my very first foot pedals for it. And it was, I think it like, it was just called a foot pedal. And it, you could use it on the Atari, the Amiga, the Amstrad. And it was three colored pedals that you could assign different uh, motions to. Yeah, and it it was just micro switches, but damn, that saved me so many jo uh, joysticks with the waggling and the stamping and the yeah yeah, and of course we we hadn't invented analog, so yeah, everything was just micro switches. There was no con control over various things like that. That came later. Yeah, I I went into a shop near near my house, and I thought I bought an analog, my very first analog joystick. And it just turned out to be a microswitch thing. And I dropped 40 quid on that. And I didn't tell my dad how much I spent on that joystick because <laughs> I know that he would hit the roof about that because it was a massive box. And where I was playing flight simulators, I thought, yeah, do you know what? I need something that's a bit smoother. I, you know, I'm going to be a pilot one day, of course. You know, so I need training. And bought this because it looked the business but once again, you know, you're on a, an Amiga, so how many buttons do actually work? Hardly any of them. They're all just for show, or they just repeated the main function. And getting that home and finding out that that had micro switches in, heart was crushed. Heart was totally crushed. Yeah, I, I still won't tell my dad how much I spend on some technology things. <laughs> yeah, you'd have joysticks that were just covered in buttons for no reason. Yeah. Like, get yeah, this 26-button this joystick. 26 of the same button, just wherever you might want to press it. Yeah, and three of them would just be a little button that you could slide backwards and forwards with four notches to say, oh, you've assigned it to that button instead, or the the, the trigger button. It's yeah. just, no, come on. You're just ripping off kids. I spent some money on joysticks over the years. That was always just an insane thing. Just so many. I kind of miss joysticks. On a I, night, I'm missing things. I mean, there's just... I, yeah. I, I miss them. I'm, I miss the waggling. I don't miss after the waggling, then you realise you can't turn left anymore. Yeah, then you've got to explain to a parent why that happened. And uh, you see, again, I got the advantage of my dad usually being the one that broke it. So, in actual <laughs> fact, we re we the, the thing we got to first was banning games that required joystick waggling. That, right. that happened pretty early on. And it wasn't like these aren't suitable. It was, look, I am not going to buy you another joystick this month because you yeah. smashed in another joystick. It's just not happening. So you are not playing Daily Thompson's Decathlon. Oh, man, that was a game. That was brilliant. I it, loved that thing. It, it, the death of so many joysticks. Just mm. so many. 
See, now your joysticks, did you have the classic? I know you, the classic is the Atari one. When people think of a, a, a joystick, that's the one most people go to. Yeah. But the one I had was the red handled with the two red buttons at the front. And it also had suction cups underneath so you could stick it to the table yeah and then really piss off your parents when you're waggling away and your whole table is rocking le- le- left and right yeah we went through so many um suction cups were a common thing i remember that they were while a lot of, of joysticks had the suction cups they were kind of hit and miss as to whether they would actually even stick to your table though mm. um I, I remember one we had something cruiser and that had suction cups that were just awful, uh, that never worked. But others you'd get, and that joystick was never moving again. Uh, and you're right, you just <laughs> rattle the table to, to bits because this thing's attached to it now. It's part of it. Yeah, the um, table moves before the suction cups give way. Yeah, absolutely. You might as well just put 10 mil bolts through it and just have done with it. That's it. But I, I do remember the best one we had for anything remotely waggly was the Conic Speed King, which was a fantastic little joystick. It was like a little bug thing in your hand uh, that was kind of like early ergonomic design, I, I suppose, because it was something they didn't think about for a little while. And, and this mm. was the first one that was clearly meant to be held in a human hand in a particular way rather than just being a box. And so you'd sort of hold that in your left hand, in the palm of your left hand, and your index and middle finger would be on two fire buttons, of course, both of which did the same thing. And there was a, a little joystick on top, sort of an inch and a half, two inches maybe. And mm-hmm. the, the range of movement on it was tiny, but it, it didn't matter because micro switches. So I remember that just the, the, you could waggle that faster than anything they'd ever been before. Uh, oh, that was clearly built for waggling then. Maybe so. I, I feel the need to Google that one. Conic yeah, Speed King. That, that sounds like it's it's more built for putting your hand over the top, your palm of your hand, and then just rocking that fucker left and right. You could absolutely nail it. You really could. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Oh, a 1986 classic joystick compatible with everything that had that same joystick port that everything had. And it looks like they made a few of them. Yeah, I kind of miss that, that port as well. I wish computers nowadays just came with that port so you could stick your old joysticks in that'd be too easy it would be (laughs) just be too easy that'd make our lives too happy they couldn't do that you need to buy this 40 pound dongle to plug into your usb oh haven't you got any usbs oh never mind you you need to buy this other port to plug in to plug in that's the way to do it yeah fuckers and if you can change your ports from machine to machine over generations then so much the better I yeah think. so you mentioned the mega drive was that your first console it was and we went through our amiga 500 stage and everyone else was getting the snares and i had a few friends that bought the mega drive and i saved up all my paper round money for this thing and i was determined to get the japanese version because there was a there was two versions the the very first mega drive that came out you had either the white banded one or the red banded one and i see i don't know whether this was true or not but this is what i got caught up in the white banded one was the uk version but the red banded one was japanese version which would play all the games 
So if you imported any games or if you if you borrowed any games, they would guarantee play on that machine. And I saved up my money and bought the red banded one. And it came with Fantasia. Okay. Which was a god-awful game. And it was at this point where games, they jumped to 40 quid for me. Everything on that Mega Drive was about £40 and way out of my price range. And also, Gone is the man that was selling the, the, the hooky floppy disks at the boot fairs. So you had no chance of getting any other games any other way apart from either renting or borrowing or buying. Yeah. And my friends couldn't they some of my friends got games and they either went to blockbusters and rented some out there i would never go to blockbusters that was just a no i'd rather just go around my friends instead of bring my own things home well why go there they've already rented it yeah <laughs> you know that's that's the way to do it yeah well it was that or it was borrow them off friends and that's how i i got through the the Mega Drive phase. And yeah, I I played a couple of games on there. I remember Auto Beast um, sinking a couple of hours into that. But it was, oh, what else did I play on there? John Madden 92. I flipping loved that. And my friend had one. And so he, he bought a Nash, uh, NHL 94. We had Road Rash, Desert Strike. And then you went up to the Mega CD, which was hang on cds what's this this is on tomorrow's world wasn't it yeah and yeah you're, you're disappearing up into cds the problem i had i just couldn't afford any of these games so i think i ended up selling it and never ever owned another game apart from fantasia and I, I couldn't play that anymore I, I think i did about three levels and then just got frustrated to hell with that it's a it's a very common story that that people got consoles and a game, mm. and, and that was that was pretty much it. I mean, you'd get yeah. the packing game, maybe two or three others over the life of it, but mainly it was rentals. Yeah, well, I don't know if you ever heard about this, but there was a game I was told by my friend Colin, who had a, a SNES, I think it was. Yeah, SNES. Was it a NES? Anyway, one of them two, and he had a cartridge with 149 games on it and it wasn't a case of it's 20 games and then all the other levels added onto it it was full 149 games yeah and i called bullshit on him and he was no 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 i definitely have and everyone else called bullshit on him and then one day just went round his house he went yeah look come up here and oh my god he had one he had it and he, he showed it and yeah he had 149 games on that thing and it was just oh you you jammy little sod <laughs> he's he's one of these kids who if he could he would have appeared on games master with a fucking neo geo right. do you remember that that asshole who there was always the neo geo kid who asked for how to complete a baseball game or another game that you never heard of but you wanted a neo geo but never could but there was that posh kid that had all these things and you think oh you're just on here just to be on tv aren't you you little sod yeah um yeah that that was god the neo geo yeah, um, i never but, saw one in the wild at all no me either 
but those cartridges with many games on, that was definitely a thing. Mm. Um, I, I don't remember anyone specifically having one from, from those times, but I've definitely held in my hands Game Boy ones and Game Boy Advance ones and, and that sort of thing. I've seen the, the Game Boy Advance cartridges with like 500 games on it. Yeah. Um, so it's doable. I, I don't know how, when I think about how, how can that cartridge have the storage capacity for, for 100 plus games on it? And, and yeah, everybody's just making games that are as small as they are. That's what confused me. I just didn't understand how it worked. But they, they were a thing. And yeah. I, I, I think you'd have to, just getting your hands on them back in the day as well would be a fantastically difficult thing. And you'd either know somebody or you wouldn't. Well, um, yeah, it, it involves a, a trip to America and then through customs and then you have to stroke a sacred cow and then bring it through underneath a waterfall into a magic yeah. closet and then all of a sudden it's home. Yeah. Uh, so unless you kind of discover it yourself on a holiday or something like that, you aren't getting one. Uh, <laughs> no. You know, it, it's just one of those things. Um, but yeah, they they were definitely a thing. I think you can get now cartridges for older things that let you just put a, an SD card in. Yeah, it wasn't... A different thing, the... but... Um, that, I think that's what they do now, because now everything, of course, is just online. If you want a ROM, you can get a ROM. Mm. No, that's right, yeah. I I know that there was one for the... Oh, what have I got over there? DS, I think it was. Never went down that road, you know, because I could afford the stuff to buy. And I always wanted my own copy of it, so never really did that when I had my own money, so... Yeah, that that kind of disappeared from me. I I found that that sort of thing, an abundance of games, and I'm just talking about back from the days when we just had lots of games, um, never having had one of these weird cartridge things. But the the overabundance of games was was daunting. It still kind of is. Like I I've got to have one that I'm playing. And maybe I can think one or two into the future, that sort of thing. But any more than that, and I actually start to feel pressure. Like, I've, I've set myself up a job now. I need to play all these games I've bought, so get on with it. And it, I, you know, so the idea of suddenly getting a cartridge where you've got 150 games, is that's just a fucking nightmare. Mm. So, like, I'll occasionally see on BitTorrent, like, here's 50,000 Kindle books. And you'd think, <laughs> the fuck am I going to do with that? Yeah. Where do you start? Yeah. It's like, great, it's a gigabyte, and it's it's every book anyone could ever need, but I, what am I going to do with that? It, it's meaningless when things get that abundant. It really mm. is. Um, and yeah, I suppose it's when we all started downloading downloading music, and you'd, you'd download a couple of albums with them, then just, I don't know, whatever. I'm faced with the world's music. I can't yeah. decide. It's better yeah, when, when I'm... I'm ever going to have time to listen to all of these albums that I've got now you know it just doesn't happen does it no not at all no but I I did spend a lot of time on uh, borrowing my friend's John Madden 92 on that thing on the the Mega Drive and I recently got it off the internet I bought it off of um I know you can get the ROMs but I've got an old 
Mega Drive 2 sitting up in the loft. And I bought it off of eBay to play. And my God, it, it it's... You need a massive chunk of time to play this game. Mm. You really do. I... It, because it was so long ago, it felt as if you jumped on it, you played a game, played a game of American football, brilliant. You went through the next round, you got a little code to type in next time you played it, and then you went on your merry way. And I played it, and I, I was sat in the second quarter going, my God, oh God just come on. Just come <laughs> on. Uh, yeah, I uh, uh, realised something similar myself, just that... Games take a lot longer to play than you realize they're taking when you're playing them. Mm. And it was, I, I've got a game, uh, Hyrule Warrior Legends on the 3DS that I've been playing this week. And you sort of s- set out on a battle and it tells you time limit for this one is an hour. And you think, an hour? What am I going to put it down, walk away and make coffee and have a meal, whatever, and then come back to it? An hour. And then you finish that level and it went, oh, 57 minutes, just did it. Then you're like, what the fuck did that? How, what? That was an hour? <laughs> oh, God, it's dark out now. What's going on? And so, yeah, it just flies by. I've never played a Madden game, though. Oh, I haven't played many. I think I've played 94 and 92, so not even recent ones. Uh, they were fun it, uh, well, when they came out, I wouldn't even dare to go anywhere near a new one today. It's like going from FIFA 96 to today's games. It's just totally different. Too many stats, too many in-games. There's just too much going on that I would even comprehend. See, I, I was faced with the trouble of also having to learn out, learn how American football is played. Because right. as I sit here now, I don't know. I, I know it, it in part looks like rugby, but it isn't, and so on, <laughs> you know. Um, so I've I've just never, why would I pick up a, a, a Madden game? I've played NHL games, because that's basically football, but sticks and ice and a puck. You can, you yeah, know. but didn't they run so smoothly, though? They were fantastic. Mm. I, I'm, you know... You mentioned FIFA 96. I have very fond memories of FIFA 96. Just sat in my bedroom with my mates. One of them had brought his Mega Drive with FIFA 96 over, and that's all we did that weekend. Mm. Yeah, you could lose yeah. yourself in that in competitions, couldn't you? Absolutely. It, it was amazing. Um, so just to clarify as well, you didn't have the Sega CD. No, my friend ended up renting one. And he had a, a Mega Drive, and I think he had two or three games, and one I think was Night Stalker or something about someone breaking into your house. Night Trap. And, oh, is it Night Trap? Night Trap, the the full motion video game for the Sega CD that made that was the game that started all the violent video game kerfuffle. That's right. In America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have it for the PS4 now. Oddly enough, they did a re-release. Is it any good? Um, no, no. Well, it's yeah. it's just it, it's just a famous game, and it's it's a very unique kind of game that was very specific to that part of gaming history, where you've got just enough, only just enough power to do something video like, mm. and not enough power that we're already bored with video. 
Well, it, the way I remember it, it's a game where you kind of just switch in between CCTV cameras. Yes. That, and that's all it is. Yes. And you need to build up the story by selecting the correct CCTV camera. If you miss something, then you've missed it. Well, it's it's kids at a sleepover, and there are monsters there that are going to get them. So while right. you're while you're switching between the security cameras to see the story unfold, you're also kind of watching out for catching some of these monsters, and so you can sort of activate traps that are on the video whatever to catch these bad guys um, oh god i've not really sat down and had a proper play of it it just it, it was a, a limited run games thing and it was buy it now or you'll never own it so i, I just bought it and i've not I've not <laughs> quite gotten to it yet yeah um so i, I will get there I yeah think I, that's the point there was that and there was a, a manga game where all I remember is driving the car, and once again, you didn't you didn't have any control in these games. It was a case of this CD is going to show you some images, and you either need to flick left to choose to go left, or flick right to choose to go right, and you'll jump onto the appropriate track. It's very similar. It's probably like the the equivalent of racehorsing on a scratched record, where you you everyone places a bet on a record. The record plays and it's got a specific scratch in the uh, vinyl to jump to a, a a random track and then you find out if a certain horse won. I've never heard of that. Oh, have you not? Oh, oh, they're brilliant. Never heard of that. That sounds quite good, actually. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was all sort of, rather than it being a game, you're basically just selecting which video track is going to play next. Yeah, that's not fun. No, not at all. It, I think we just saw video running on computers. The world lost its shit, thought this is the future of computer games, and then later that afternoon realized, oh, wait, no, it isn't. Uh, and that that was the end of it. Is it, Draken, because they turned around and said, these are the in-game graphics? And it wasn't quite the in-game graphics. It was just the video being showed to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It, it allowed them to do some interesting marketing things, I think, for a little while. Mm. Um, and it, it seemed to be just a, a bit of a fad of the mid to late 90s. I think culminating in Wing Commander 3, which was fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> but apart from that, there, was, there, there are no real good examples of full motion video games just famously bad ones like night trap yeah and right, even that, yeah. it's not that bad a game it's just it is what it is you know and that if, I, if I think it, it was people testing the water to see what they could get away with and what they can do with technology as well yeah they yeah. had a new medium they, they've gone from discs to cartridges now to cds wow we, we can fit so much cd so, yeah, I, I think it was just a case of them testing the water. Well, I, I seem to remember everybody thought CDs and everything. That was just, it, it was suddenly, let's put everything we can on a CD. We, we, now we've got them, put movies on there, put an encyclopedia on there and an atlas and a root finder and put that all in a thing and make it play on a television. That's what we want now. Mm. But they did it for a while. And that's how you get CDIs. <laughs> that's how you get in Carter <laughs> yeah yeah I god I'm, I'm glad I'm of an age where I remember in Carter yeah and the other one uh, Grolier 
and using those at school. And, and you know, they never had anything good on them. It, it was never, it, there wasn't a single article on there that was as, as in-depth as any random Wikipedia article. No, and it, it seemed as if they'd just scanned all the pictures from your encyclopedia onto the DVD, onto the CD. That was it. If you went to any old Collins dictionary, the pictures in there would be exactly the same on the CD. Yes. And if not, a better quality because they were printed on paper rather than the yeah. sort of 32 <laughs> color photo display we could do on computers at the time. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, God, what a weird part of computer history all that was. The, the yeah, fu- it's, the whole it, I think it's a time where you look back on it and go, oh, we kind of had to go through that, but did we really have to go through it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we had to do it again, we wouldn't do it again. We'd totally, a totally different direction, but yeah, it's just one of them things you, you kind of went through and tolerated until you got to the good stuff later on. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's that whole, we didn't know that it was unnecessary at the time. It just, that came later and we all felt yeah. a bit silly, I think. And, you know, like, oh, the, the Amiga TV didn't do so well. No, that's true. <laughs> or TV on the Game Gear. What? No. <laughs> Wanted one of those so much. I cannot begin to tell you. And they were crap. They were utter garbage. I, yeah. I, I think when I finally got to uni, someone who lived in the same building as me had one. And I finally got to like hold one and, and, and see how it worked. And could I get a picture on it? Could I fuck? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. They were useless. And now with the digital uh, switchover, none of them would ever will ever work again. So I ended up getting a Casio handheld TV and even that couldn't get a picture on it. And that just chomped through four AA batteries within an hour. I think that's the secret of all the old 80s and 90s portable televisions, is that they were all a bit shit, Mm. and that you couldn't really ever get a picture on them at all. Uh, Things are much better with that now. Yeah, I remember going in the car with it, and thinking, oh, do you know what? I'm living in the future here. I can watch TV as my dad's driving us to Nans. And got in there and just a huge amount of interference from the, the engine and the electronics in the car just destroyed that picture. And it was just background fuzz all the way there and all the way back. So frustrated. So little, frustrated. The little 1.2-inch screens that they had and all that at the time. God. Yeah. So wait, after the, the Mega Drive Amiga 500, where did you go to next? Uh, okay, well, then there was a massive lull for me because I found girls and pubs. Right, yeah. And I ended up, my next one being a PlayStation, but I also dipped into PC gaming at this time. And I'll, I'll go into the PC gaming because it's, it's very brief because there are only three real games I played on that thing. And they were Hidden and Dangerous 2, which was a World War II game where it wasn't even a sandbox thing where you had certain missions with certain rifles and you had to carry out that task and just fell in love with the atmosphere that it gave me on that game. Yeah. The The next one was Half-Life. A where, classic. Oh, that was so good. I loved that game so much. Never completed it, though, because I I think I got to the point where... I was jumping through portals and 
different dimensions and just lost my shit and realized, no, I need to step away. Otherwise, I'm going to break something because <laughs> I couldn't do it. So, But yeah. I love the, res- uh, the, the response from the AI in that game. That was when I realized AI was really stepping up its mark and just, oh, hang on. I shot there and he ducked. What the hell? What are you doing? Normally, it would just be a sprite just falling down. But no, this was this was a definite step towards better things. It, it, it was definitely a sign that things had changed for the better. Yeah. I think Half-Life. Yeah. And I also got Jeff Crammon's Grand Prix 2, which I also blame, uh, blame my poor college results on. So... Yeah, the next step up from that Amiga Classic has gone onto the PC, and it was so good because instead of just square polygons or triangles, and the detail and the the jump forward into the future was just dramatic, and you could actually see sponsors on the sides of cars, which was just unheard of up until that point. It was just, no, here's a square car, it represents your favorite car, so you will love this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you've got the real thing in front of you. And you're like, whoa, this is amazing. And yeah, sunk so many hours into that thing. It, it's just basically exactly the same game as Grand Prix, but just updated. Think of nowadays FIFA, but four years in between. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was... Uh... I still don't know that there are any F1 games that are as in-depth as that one was. Because they're, they're all a bit arcadey now. There are no simulations. That's the problem. No. These were proper simulations. To to a certain extent, I kind of... I, I prefer the, the ones we've got now because... If I could work a Formula One car as well as it needs to be worked in a simulation, then I should be out on the track in real life. Mm. You know, it's one of the, I could never, although, do you know what? I'm saying that with the memories of my childhood trying to do it. And maybe if I sat down in front of it now, I'd have no problem. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I, 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 once again, I just, every Formula One game I come across, I always compare it to these types of games and they are arcadey they they have more simulation at their heart but because i feel that they're more interested on the graphics and the cars have to look so good and everything has to look so good yeah and then they worry about the gameplay later on and they're not worried about they just want someone to pick up the the game play it do a 10 lap they yeah the the average person would do a 10 percent race whereas i on this would always do a 100 percent race that's fucking commitment yeah and well the thing about it is you could pause it halfway through the race save it and then come back the next day and you'll be in exactly the same point on the track and you can continue right i didn't know that which it it was a godsend really yeah because nowadays you can't save a race halfway through you know you've got to do your 10 percent. you that's why i can't sit down and do a 100 percent race it's it, it's impossible well m- most uh, uh, all too often now we're sort of greeted with saving your game as a a luxury 
I, I've, you know, in recent weeks have been bemoaning the Final Fantasy trilogy, where it's like, make it up to the save point. Final Fantasy trilogy, the Final Fantasy games, just, you know, make it up to a save point. You can't switch it off before then. Like, but yeah, you I've have got to, to earn go the out. right. Yeah, it's, it's I've done, I've done too much to want to turn it off. I ended up with the PS2 on, just sat there for three days till I could get yeah. back to it. Since when have you earned the right to save your game? You should. It's your game. You you have committed to this point. You should be able to save at that point. Absolutely. I I I I'm continue to be frustrated with games that don't let you do that, and it is pretty much every game now. Yeah, yeah, and especially driving games as well. I used to play Gran Turismo, and you couldn't save halfway through them races or. Oh, yeah, I just found it so frustrating, and that's why I always went back to the GP uh, Grand Prix games. Mm. I thought they were just infinitely better. So, what were you? you that that's the P, the PC games then. So you, you yeah. mentioned the the PlayStation. Oh yes, this is where things got good. I feel really got good because I I disappeared off the scene, I suppose, and I went round a friend's house. And there was there was um, a lot of beer and a lot of smoke in this room. And in the middle, on the floor, was this grey box, which was the PlayStation. And I think they were playing Wipeout on it. And it was they had it full blast. There's lots of colours, lots of lights. It was it was rapid, and it was just absorbing. It's not my type of game, but it's a case of oh, okay, you're playing video games. And no one's taking the mick. What's going on here? There's a room full of people enjoying this. This is this is different to me because up until that point, it had just been solely just myself just playing. And it would be very rarely that I'd play with my, my brother yeah. on, let's say, sensible soccer or anything like that. You know, it, it'd just be, just be personal time on the computer playing these games. And now they're... These video machines are now marketed at a person who has money, who goes and gets a job, and they have friends that also like these games. And it it was a totally different world, I feel. The PlayStation opened a lot of doors to a lot of people for video games. I think you're absolutely right. It, it definitely legitimized video games as a an adult thing. And, and yeah. in, you know, a group adult thing as well. Because um, that, that was still kicking around when I got to uni and it was fairly big there. But, you know, I, I, I didn't really know anyone that had a PlayStation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they, they, they did open up a lot of doors. You're absolutely right. Uh, I think it took a little while to get a grasp, especially around my sort of area. Because I had friends, and you had the odd one looking down their nose at, ooh, video games? Ooh, no, no, don't, don't do that. And it, it, there was just something magical about it that all of a sudden, three or four people would be sat there watching you play this. And then someone else would want to go. And so you'd let them go, and then you wouldn't be able to get them off. And it was all of a sudden, oh, someone's spoon-feeding me heroin. Brilliant. Yeah, just bring it on. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, uh, Wipeout in particular, I've spent an alarming amount of time in front of not playing. <laughs> just watching. Yeah. just And listening. 
Well, the 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 beauty with that one was the soundtrack and how it could be like a party esque back backing track kind of thing. Mm. It, it wasn't Mario, which there's nothing wrong with. I love Mario, but you weren't playing it during a party at college or anything like that. But Wipeout, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I had a. This is where things really kicked off because my brother-in-law my well, my new brother-in-law at that time he used to have a games night which was on a thursday night and we'd all pitch around his house and sometimes they'd rent out a second playstation he'd be able to hook up two tvs and play on that and it was just i i don't understand what world i'm in this is brilliant love it but the magic came where when he got international track and field and we had that Y-shaped controller where you plug it in and then you can connect four controllers to that. Yeah. So you could have four people playing on the same game. Now, do you remember all the waggly stick stuff? Yeah. That was impossible on the the PlayStation controller. So what we devised, because international track and field was one of these things where you got your two fingers and stabbed the X and the square button, I think it was, and tried to do that for rapid running and then you had to press another button to jump hop skip and jump and whatever what we would do we'd all bring a sock with us to games night and they were known as the playstation socks and we'd all lay on the floor because that was the most comfortable position to do it in who our missus yeah and we'd get the sock and on our put it on our hand so it looked like a real crap glove puppet convention and we'd all when it was our turn just rub across between the X and the square and the speed that you could get that up. The world records just fell that night. Every single night after that, they just fell. And it was so much fun with four other people and four people watching and then swapping over and just laying on the floor and playing track and field. It was so much fun. And we had such a blast doing that. There was nights where tears were streaming down my face because of that game i i have encountered the sock method before it's brilliant um, isn't it yeah um, it's a game changer <laughs> again this is a sort of in our living room at uni and we're what game would it have been not international track and field but pro- oh shit maybe the ps2 version of that or something like that something that required this action and we Mm. were all sort of most of us just battling with the normal button tapping method until my friend mike appears with this fucking sock and the whole room just stops like what what are you doing why have you got a sock and he did exactly like you said it's the crap sock puppet and it allow it breaks the friction you can just move from button to button and he just destroyed us all immediately Mm. just you can't get close to him he's got the sock and then all of a sudden everyone's shoes start to fall yeah, off don't and they? you need a fucking sock right away you can't do that well you've got socks shit i have come on then let's do this yeah it was yeah there's a revelation for you kids use a sock on those games <laughs> it really works it really does it's not a made-up thing and the fact that you said it now completely confirms that for me oh uh, it was when I was introduced to it, I, I sat around going, you are? Oh, no, no, we all bring our own socks. So you have dedicated socks for this. Oh, yeah. 
And then I watched four, four full-grown men lay on the floor and proceed to waggle in between X and square. And the the, the tension in their arms and just the, the red faces of doing that. And no one breathed when they did it. It was a case of, <gasps> and then, and once the race was finished, everyone just went, and then you'd f- try and find out who won. But yeah, man, that was so funny. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, let's see then. Where are we up to? That was the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I I suppose I've... Because you had FIFA on the PlayStation, I I went through FIFAs. I ended up finding Pro Evolution Soccer because nobody else liked it, so I went with that. And I think on my game of Pro Evolution Soccer, I had a game of Metal Gear Solid as a demo disc on on one of them and fell in love with Metal Gear straight away. So yeah, once I got onto the PlayStation Two, I I I only really bought a couple of games on the PlayStation Two, and it was just every version of Metal Gear, every version of Pro Evolution Soccer, and Grand Theft Auto. I tried other Grand Prix games, but nothing ever came close. I think in between that time of the PlayStation PlayStation Two, you had Jeff Crammon's grand prix 3 come out <laughs> and that was another reason for my poor college results so yeah I, I, to the point where i i got grand prix 3 and setups on that game were infinitely uh well yeah you just had so many more options to change where i, I actually printed out a folder of how to set up for a certain track i just got too involved in that and there was a point where I showed, I think, my uncle it. He went, yeah, I think you're spending a bit too much time on that. Yeah. And I closed the book, looked at him, and went, yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) And just passed it over to him and never saw that book again. (laughs) Yeah. You either have to give it up there or double down on it. It's like, no, I need a thicker book. This is is not (laughs) enough information. You only think I'm spending too much time on this. Wait till you see me. Or you won't ever again. I'll be doing this. Yeah. Um, or, or hand the book over. I think you did. I think you made the right choice. I, I really <laughs> do think you made the right choice. It, it's yeah. some games are like that. And I mean, yeah, I think it's no different to when you're trying to get better at Guitar Hero and you suddenly realize, hang on, just learn to play the fucking guitar. If you're putting this much effort into Guitar Hero, just play the fucking guitar. Yeah, imagine how good you would be. Exactly. Um, so, you know. And you'd be able to play an instrument, not just a plastic one with exactly. buttons on it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose from the, the PlayStation 2, I did all the normal PlayStation 2 stuff. I once it, I didn't connect it to the internet. I still wasn't on the internet at this time. But it was until the PlayStation 3 came around because I'd... At this time, you had the PlayStation 2, and then you had the Xbox 360 come out, I think it was. And people who were waiting for the PlayStation 3 couldn't wait the extra 18 months, I think it was. And so, rightly so, jumped over to Xbox. But I was one of these people that turned around and said, no, look, I'm, I'm hanging on for this PlayStation 3. I want this thing. And got one on day of release and pre-ordered it, went down to the shop expecting a queue of 500 people outside game where I was and there was three grown men 
one of them me we're just hanging around kicking stones around going yeah we're waiting for our playstations <laughs> they opened the door picked them up and walked off and no one else went in that day <laughs> for their playstations i think there was like four pre-ordered everyone else was on the xbox which yeah. was yeah it was it, it was a change because it's not that i blame the xbox people for having to pay for our online services nowadays because i became part of that as you know because we used to play the xbox and was it um, modern warfare 2 i think it was wasn't it or black ops i think it black ops i think yeah and i became part of the problem but it, it frustrated me that playstation had it all for free and this is where i get into modern day games where I've, i i it frustrates me with these season passes where if if no one bought the season passes then they wouldn't do the season passes yeah i i i'm in total agreement with you i i i, I want to buy a game and know that's it yeah and, and that it's so rare you can do that with a big name game these days there's always there's got to be the season pass and other dlc and stuff like that and i i really can't be bothered with it and i i i i'm also getting frustrated with the people that buy this shit yeah like stop buying into it i i'm i'm angry that ea has sold a single copy of battlefront 2 yeah i haven't even gone anywhere near that i refuse to go anywhere near that you know, it, it should be exclusively bought by grandparents for grandchildren because they know they like Star Wars for no other reason. Mm. Ideally, they'd buy it on the wrong console platform for the grandchild, but that's, you know, that's just wishful thinking. But that's fun of grandparents, though, surely. That's it, the exactly. Trick. Yeah. Um, it's, the game must be just full of people on Boxing Day. Just can I swap this for the PS4 version? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know whatever um and, and so yeah it frustrates me don't uh, once again Pete, don't buy battlefront 2 anyone ever mm. regardless of when you're listening to this it, they, they won't have fixed it yeah um so yeah it's it, the games have gotten a bit sort of leave me alone with the money would you just you've got some money games used to be yeah. 3.99 for god's sake well i i don't mind paying 50 quid for a game because well they've been 50 it's like when the lottery first came out it was a quid and it was a quid for 15 16 years maybe even longer than that and then all of a sudden they pumped it up to two quid and you think well okay maybe it's about time i don't mind paying a going rate for a game but when i'm paying a going rate for a game and then you don't get the game and the game's broken and then you have to download stuff for that game which i don't think is right personally you, you know imagine games on playstation coming out and they're not working that just it just wouldn't work at all would it yeah and it, 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 the game updates are one of the things i hate most about modern day gaming yeah which i think is why i'm t being turned off of you know the playstation 4 games that i've got because there's no you don't just turn on your machine and play for 10 minutes you, you can't do that i can't find a game that you can just do that on and not be playing within a minute or so it's it's like having the load up games on the uh, oh all the cassette games that we used to have when we was kids you used to 
put it in, load it, disappear for 15 minutes, come back, and it'll be loaded. Yeah. And we're kind of going back to that, where we have to turn on the game. Oh, we've got an update. Oh, well, I'll disappear for five minutes then. And there's five minutes of the 10 minutes that I just wanted to play games. I, but, I can't do that anymore. I, I totally sympathize with you. This is the stuff that has pushed me towards, like, spending more time on the 3DS and now the, the Switch. That it, it, they don't come with all this crap. Mm. Um, not to say that there aren't ever software updates. Uh, not so much on the 3DS, but there definitely have been some for, for Switch games. But it's it just doesn't compare to the, the PlayStation Xbox experience. There's no installing games. That That's, a, you know, that first hour when you first get a game and you've got to sit and watch it install. And mm. that's if there isn't then a 40 gig update because it's not, you know, it's not a brand new game. Maybe they've had time to do a few updates. You're going to spend another two hours doing that. Um, you know, that ex experience just doesn't happen with the, the handheld things. Um, and it, it has put me off. But I, I just don't play games on the PS4 anymore. No, I I have played a couple. I, I keep Grand Theft Auto Five on there because I like just dipping into that. That is, I suppose, one of the only ones I can just jump in and play, and that and Far Cry 4. But sometimes, well, my boy's got it up in his bedroom at the moment. He's got FIFA, and that game is just unrecognizable from all the other games I've ever seen. It's it's full of cards and transfers and stuff like that. And he did a silly thing on the, when was it? On the PlayStation 3. We got stung for 600 quid. Jesus yeah yeah i didn't say that to him trust no. me <laughs> yeah you know, what happened with uh, he he went online and he was what was he he thought he was the, the way the wallet sets up is that it was connected to my card which it, it oh, it's really complicated but it was connected to my card and whenever he press a payment which i didn't authorize it would still go through and it'd still say in my wallet zero because that money's gone in and gone out instantaneously. Right. Yeah. And he, he got all these credits and he's, he fed it onto this game. And then all of a sudden he, he's come up to me and go, oh, I've got a really good team. And you know, I haven't paid for anything and it's going well. I go, okay, cool. And then my bank phoned me up and said, yeah, we think fraudulent activities happening on your cars because all of this, we, we don't know where it's coming from. I said, okay, fine. Can you go through it? And it was a game for Sony and Sony, and it was 70 quid ago. And I was like, what? And I went, how much has he spent on this? And I went, 639 quid. I went, you what? <laughs> I had a fucking heart attack, honestly. And, you know, he was banned for the rest of the year for that. But the, the argument I was trying to get with Sony, I tried to sympathize with them and i went to ea and they said no it's a problem with sony sony said the exact opposite and i was bouncing in between the two and just didn't get anywhere with them and it was so frustrating so i had to swallow that because my, my kid's an idiot and also i'm an idiot because i the credit card system on there it it's defaulted as just yeah just take the money out straight away yeah whereas i would have thought Personally, would have thought, yeah, default to not take it out, and then maybe you have to set it up. But no, they're, they're a big company; they want your money straight away, so they're not going to do that. Absolutely. So, 
yeah, got properly stung with that. But, you know, you live and learn. Yeah. So um, <laughs> maybe it's, it's just karma for all the um, Amiga games I got. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> at, maybe at, it is. at least he didn't know he was doing it. That, that, no, make, that somewhat takes a bit of the sting off. But isn't that bad that they don't know they're doing it? Oh, yeah, that's fucking atrocious. That that's apps. I mean, both from the point they they should be stopped by the system. Um, but I, as you say, they they've clearly defaulted it to the no, we'll take your money, thank you, uh, yeah. setting. But also, I don't know. I'm not a parent, but that seems to be giving some sort of lack of value to money to kids. You know, yeah. When it's turned into imaginary coins. Now, with these coins, we handed all the coins back. I phoned up EA said, look, I want to get rid of these because I can't afford this, so I need to do something. And they said, okay, fine. You can just hand these back or just, well, just delete them off your account. We'll confirm that you've deleted them, and then Sony should be able to give you your money back. And so I deleted it. I got the reference and said, yeah, they confirmed that I deleted it. So I went to Sony and went, no. Nah. No, you, you, you've paid for it. It's tough. It was on your account, so tough. And I can't argue with them. It, it's just it's just imaginary money. It doesn't exist. I can't go and hold it. I can't now walk around with a wheelbarrow full of these magical coins. It, they've just gone. That's it. It's gone. Yeah. And that's that's where I am with gaming at the moment. It's so frustrating. It's it's not quick. It's not easy. You have to install stuff, and things cost an absolute fortune. That's yeah. That that is a pretty fair assessment of of gaming right now. Yeah, I would say, or certainly of of mainstream console gaming. Um, I mean, seriously, look into the Switch, if anything. But yeah, I I, I am in total agreement with you. <laughs> That's the difficult thing. There's not, it's <laughs> difficult to discuss that. It's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I, I think the only way that this thing is going to stop is when people stop buying season passes. You know, if you're buying a season pass, you're buying another game, really, which is already on the disc or on the the internet already ready to be downloaded. You're not there when they go to program these games. They already have a plan mapped out, and they they build everything, and then at this point, we'll release these levels. And I've bought map, uh, map levels for Modern Warfare, and I, I, I paid a tenner for them. And I, I, at that point, I refused to buy anything ever again because, okay, I had fun on three levels, and then they brought out more levels and more levels. And I, I can't afford this. It's not. It's not my job to play this game. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And that's when it it kind of stopped becoming fun. I I agree. That it was, I think it was the modern warfare map packs that did it for me as well, mm. and and especially when you you, you sort of just you want to play, you've just bought your map packs, you want to play them, but there's someone that you usually play with who hasn't bought them, and the fact that they're in your group is going to mean that that level selection never lands on one of the maps from this map pack, mm. so that so as to further frustrate you, you can't just go and play it. Um, and, and so it just, it had me walking away from it. I think the whole Call of Duty thing is dying off somewhat, but th that's just 
that franchise. I think the esports thing seems to be alive and well. Um, but that oh, that was the pr- yeah. that was the beginning of it. As soon as we got an app on our phone to look at our play stats and things like that, it's like, I don't care. That, yeah. Like I need to look at it later. <laughs> what? I I don't know what my kill death ratio is. I don't give a shit. No, as long as I had fun, and I think with the Modern Warfare, I used to jump on there on the PlayStation 3 to have fun, and I would, but there was some nights where I'd jump on it and get more wound up than I was at work. And I, well, no, 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 this isn't supposed to be this way. I'm supposed to be going on here to kill a few bad guys and let off a bit of steam, not get stressed out. And then when I switched over to Xbox to go online with a few friends, the difference between people playing on PlayStation and Xbox is is huge. All of a sudden, I've got people jumping around a screen like Mario. And you're like, hang on, you're supposed to be carrying 40 pounds worth of equipment there. You'd never jump that high. You'd never (laughs) lay down prone like that straight after that. That's far too unrealistic for me and oh i've been headshotted again so no no that's it throw the controller down that's it no more (laughs) yeah that i i went through the same thing i think battlefield 2 or battlefield 3 first multiplayer game you get headshotted from someone who is on the the opposite end of the map and you think huh that's interesting they can do that and you run another 10 feet and it happens again and that was the end of me in Battlefield. Yeah. That that was yeah. pretty much it. So do, are we up to date now? Where uh, PS3 was the last thing you sort of mentioned. I'm assuming you moved on to PS4 then. Yeah, I've got yeah. PS4. I probably will get PS5 as well if they ever bring anything like that. I'm not going pro, though. I No, that's just a, that if they wanted me to buy it, they should have said five. But no, I'm just staying with the four. I'm quite happy with it. It plays all the games I want to play. I'm sure when Red Dead comes out, I'll buy that. If another Metal Gear comes out, I'll probably buy that. If a GTA comes out, I'll probably buy that. And then that's it. I'm I'm quite happy playing them games and playing Grand Prix on my computer. So I think that's it. From It's moved now. It's gone from me to my son, and he'll be playing it for Infinity now. He'll be buying Fifas and Modern Warfares from now on. So, yeah, I like it. It's my Blu-ray player now, and I can drop a, a film on there every now and again. So that's what I use it for now. Right. It's cool. a sad day. It's a sad, sad day. It's, it's just progress. That's all. Don't feel yeah. bad about it. It's This is the, the progression of things. Yeah, and until I go onto eBay and then buy another Amiga 500, <laughs> then I- it all starts again. <laughs> I, I did notice they were a lot cheaper than I thought when I was looking for that. Uh, the name of the pack that we had, it took me to an eBay <laughs> listing for an Amiga 600, and I'm sort of looking at it like, oh, 50 quid with all the games. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. switch that off. This, yeah. yeah, just can't it's be It's the that. sound of the disc going in and then churning around. It's It's got a, a, a symphony underneath there somewhere. Hell <laughs> so yeah. good. Hell yeah. God, the Amiga. Wish I still had mine. Yeah, same here. So, well then, as as we come to the end, then do you want to do you want to tell people where they can find you? Because you've got a lot of stuff online. Yeah, I have. Okay, right. Where do I start? First off, I'm on the Black Dog Podcast, which is blackdogpodcast.com. It's a film review show. 
I have the Grand Prix podcasts, Shonky Lab, and Band of Brothers podcast, and you can find them three at rogue2media.com. And there's other places you can find me on. But if you go to rogue2media.com, you can find all the links there. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you for joining me. That was lots of fun. No, you're um, welcome. I hope I cost you a lot of money. <laughs> I'm going to have to get King Amiga 600. That's the, yeah. There you um, go. Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show, too. If you want to hear this episode completely and totally ad-free, then pop on over to simplysyndicated.com slash everything. You'd think I could say the URL without stuttering now, but there you go. Or if you just want to help us out, support the network, keep things going, and listen to our thousands of... No, it's hundreds of hours of content, but anyway, it's all on there as well. Don't forget, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash simplysyndicated. Thank you to everybody who helps us out there. I'll be back another time with somebody else's random access. That's a shit end. I'll be back another time. See you later. Bye-bye.